Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey everyone, welcome back to Absurdity. I am here with my fearless and creditless co-hoster. This is my new favorite way to introduce you, Tony. You've done it like uh, eight times in a row now. That's great. I also made the terrible mistake of putting a sour Jolly Rancher in my mouth right before we started this interview. I wondered this, what you were doing. I was like, oh, yeah. is that a lozenge? I guess he nope. he has a cough drop for his voice. That's very nope. wise. I and don't. <laughs> never mind. I don't take this seriously enough for that. Let's be let's be real. Um, so, Tony, let's I, let's start off with this. I haven't asked this question to you in a while. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, the the semester's wrapping up. So a lot of projects are due. In fact, after this, I have to go get water, uh, take some flowers to a performance. Uh, our church is doing like a play and they got flowers for um, the directors. And so uh, I have to take it to those ladies or drop it off there. And then after that, I have to do like four assignments <laughs> before okay. I go to sleep. Ouch. Good luck. I Thanks. work late shift tomorrow, so I get to stay up as late as I want tonight. Because yeah. I, uh, what is late shift to, for you? Late shift is I start working at noon and I get off at eight. Oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, but, but it does. It, but it means I can't leave for dinner. So like, I have to get lunch and dinner, like before noon, and then bring it with me. I can eat in the office, but I can't leave the office. So really, they won't let yeah. you leave the office. No, because the entire point of me being there after eight is to supervise student workers. So. Or until oh, I, sorry, I forgot. Until that's yeah. right. They had they they implemented yep. that system. There you that's go. right. So there you go. That's by the way. You want to know something crazy? Three episodes ago, I think it was like three or four episodes ago. I I announced that we had made it over forty thousand downloads. It may not have even been that far ago, right? We're almost to fifty thousand downloads. Wow! Since then, is that just uh, the new stuff, or is it the also no the old people? Stuff? It's the old stuff, too. People are finding us, which thank you for those of you that have found us recently. Hi. People are finding us, and they're going back and downloading old episodes. Like, 
So we're getting a significant. They're, list- they're listening to us go. You have to go back to get the context of this, and then they're yeah, actually going exactly. Back. Um, no, it's really cool, cool. though to, to watch happen. Yeah. And I'm really excited it's, to watch this. And I think we're going to meet our goal of a hundred thousand by a hundred episodes. It's been crazy how quickly it's like, it's gone by. Like in my head, we just kind of started this and I'm like, Oh no, just kidding. We're like 30 episodes in. Yeah. For you. 40 episodes uh, in for me. 40 episodes yeah. in for you. Cause you started shortly after, yeah, like, um, after right this year 20. started, but yeah. no, I've pumped out. In somewhere in the high 40s in the, of this podcast. Of just this podcast, yeah. Plus uh, almost, or about 18 more or 16 more for leader, for the leadership podcast I do. Plus six Another more. Six, seven. Six more for Echo. And those, those like are just the ones that are released. There are more that have already been recorded that are coming through the pipeline, right? So all of that. Are, are you the um, engineer for those two? Uh, not for Echo, but for lead I am, yeah. And it's just crazy. Like the amount yeah. of content that I've pushed out this year is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. And the fact that it's being received well, the fact that it's like, I mean, apparently it's not, apparently you're not being received well I mean, by the people that message you, by uh, the people that message you specifically. I'll, I'll live, I'll live being the, if I have to be the, the shock jock of this duo, which irony for that, right? Yeah. No, no kidding. Um, who knew? No, I, um, <laughs> But yeah, if if that's the role I have to play, I can live with that. I mean, it's not, and it hasn't been like hateful. Like it's just been like, well, I think you're wrong, or yeah, stuff like that. I mean, it's been a little more forceful than that. I'm I'm being pleasant, but yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Um, I mean, I do. I've 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 been a Dodgers fan for a long time. I'm used to hate. It's true, especially self hate. Uh, <laughs> um, so. By the way, everyone, I got a new 55-inch TV for Black Friday. And when Tony texted me about it or Instagram messaged me about it, because I put it on Instagram, yeah. I told him that the entire reason I got it was just to rewatch game one of the World Series over and over and over again. Just to just to rub it in. I'm not gonna mention the context that I said that in, but it was an inside joke. And then you just took it to a whole new level. I, I just, I just hurt. Like you. that's all. <laughs> that's you just, all. You just, I just hurt you. you. Just turned around and like, haha, gut stab. Like, whoa, dude. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. It's great. So you would appreciate this earlier today. Uh, today's December 2nd that we're recording this yeah. earlier today. Someone asked me if I've ever spoken at a funeral. So that was fun. Someone that I know very well asked me if I've ever spoken at a funeral. Now, like of someone you're not related or period? No, period. They wondered. How stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, if you don't understand that, you can reach out to me. Uh, just DM me on Twitter. Go at to Ryan like three. Becker at all. Like, any, like you could go in. And pretty much if you download any three episodes in any random order, at least one of them is going to have a context about that's why. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> know that. Like, that's very valid. Uh, very people, valid. People. Uh, man, um, what me. was it? There was something the other day we were watching. Oh, we were we were just, we need to get this podcast started. But the last final thing. So we were watching uh, one of the guys that uh, uh, does the Vespers with me, one of my Vespers leaders here. He, he likes spicy food, like really spicy peppers. Um, 
and he used to do MMA and all that kind of stuff. He does jujitsu now a lot. So he has a very high pain tolerance. And so he can take like really hot stuff. And so he was going through different videos of like people eating it. And we found one of a dude who smoked like in a bong pipe, a, a Carolina Reaper. Hmm. And literally like he's it's he immediately like he goes. Oh, no. And then like does a second. And by the second one, like he's throwing up. He's like, this is horrible. I think I'm going to die. My arms are numb. Like it's like legit bad. And. And one of the guys who was there was like, what I don't understand is why the brother took the second hit. Like, <laughs> why did he hit it again? Like, the first one was bad. And I'm like, because people are way stupider than you give them credit for. Like, yeah, I mean, like, the Dodgers tried for a second World Series. In- shut up. It's, it's old now. <laughs> it's old. It's old um, news. Um, but, okay. like, for real, like, it, like, legit, people, they will do, like, incredibly dumb things they're way more stupid than you give them credit for like that's the best way i can say that is and i've done it too like i'm not at all exempt from this but like you've taken a second bong hit of a of a reaper it wasn't a reaper it was a habanero um okay that's acceptable look i love the taste of spicy food but uh i received all of the puerto rican and argentinian food genes so i start sweating immediately when I have like, and if I have something that's moderately, not even uncomfortably spicy, just kind of like, Ooh, that's a little spicy. I start sweating. Like Chipotle's guacamole starts me sweating. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I start sweating immediately. Like I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not in pain. I just start sweating because that's how my body reacts to anything hot. And I think it's just because I'm, I'm really sensitive. I have a lot of allergies so I'm really sensitive to like poisons and things like that, hmm. um, which again is also why I can never drink alcohol because I'm basically a walking, uh, I'm a walking addiction waiting to happen. So I have to be like careful gotcha. with, I have to set like timers for video games and stuff. Like it's crazy. So, well, there you go. Um, all right, two quick things, and then we're jumping straight in. First Segway. of all, they're the, they're the they're the normal announcements that I make. First of all, Awaken Conference is coming up just a few weeks away, December 28th through 30 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Discount code for 10% off your ticket is absurdity, all lowercase. So if you want to go see that, I'm speaking. Henry Johnson, who's been on this podcast, is speaking. Alan Martin is the featured keynote speaker. It's going to be an awesome time. It's for anyone 18 to 35. Uh, so come on out to that December 28th through 30. And you can find the information for that at awakennc.com. The second thing, please support us on Patreon. All right, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. There you go. Um, that helps us keep the lights on here. Yes. All right, so let's talk. Uh, we're about 10 minutes into this episode. Add an intro included. Let's talk. Um, so this weekend, this past weekend, was Against the Wall at Southern, and Against the Wall is a is actually an organization. I didn't realize it was an organization. Yeah. I actually, I genuinely for a while thought it was just like, a, like an event or, you know, a revolving event or something. But there is a team... Uh, led by mainly people from Andrews, but there are some like people that when I say from Andrews, I mean, it was originated from within Andrews campus, but it wasn't necessarily, I mean, Michael Nixon was involved. who's the VP for diversity and inclusion, but I wouldn't say that like, this is an Andrews thing, but it is a thing that was started at Andrews. 
So like the university didn't be like, we formed against the wall and the university is like all is throwing all this might behind this. It's just some people at Andrews started this. Right. Yeah. And, um, they did a, they did a Vespers weekend event at Andrews last year. And this year they did it at Southern. We just came off of that. So, uh, Michael Nixon came and talked about the seven F words affecting racial reconciliation in our society. He did that for convocation. Then Ty Gibson spoke at Vespers and Ty Gibson spoke at uh, church on Saturday morning, as well as Garrison Hayes and Tasiana Nixon. And then there was something called the Agora, which is like a live debate about racial reconciliation that happened in the on Saturday evening. And that was kind of the end of it. Right. And while Ty was speaking at Vespers on Friday night, which the whole weekend was well done, the whole weekend was great. I'm thankful for those conversations happening both on the campus of Southern and elsewhere. So really excited for that. And I thought everyone did a fantastic job. Um, but while Ty was speaking, something hit me, right? And it wasn't, I didn't think that Ty was doing it in this specific moment. And if you don't know who Ty Gibson is, he's a pastor of Storyline Church in Eugene, Oregon. He runs Light Bearers and Arise. Um, he's kind of like right now the Adventist like celebrity of the moment, right? And uh, he's like the most in-demand speaker, I'm pretty sure, in Adventism right now. It's, it's still Jose it's, Rojas. Still, you think you think? Some, it, oh, yep. that's true. That's 100%, true. Hundred percent, man. But, I don't uh, understand it, I, but he's still. I is. would argue that with young Ty's adults, Ty. No, Ty's young adults there. with Ty. He's going to pass. Like the the, um, the writing's yeah. on the wall, but it's still, yeah. especially because um, of Hispanic circles. Well, okay. So I want to be clear. I am not calling out Ty. What I'm about to say. But because of the way that he presented his message, it actually it made, made you, me think about it. Made this. you think about this. Because yeah. I'm guilty of doing this exact same thing that I'm about to talk about, which is this. I have noticed a pattern over the last probably five years, now that I'm thinking about it, five to six years, now that I've like sat down and intentionally thought about this, as the rhetoric that we use as pastors has changed, I've watched us move away from um apologetics and into uh, brevity. And here's and, and here's what I mean by that. It used to be that when we talked about the text, when we talk about scripture, we would we would talk about some we would name specifics in the narrative of scripture, right? We would talk we would mention Abraham here, we'd mention Joseph here, we would mention Jesus here, we'd mention Paul here, we'd you know, we'd even mention some like Esau and Isaac and and you know, we'd mention some of these these uh, more minor characters too, even some of the prophets. And, you know, we talk about the narrative in, in general, but we would land with specifics. And what I've watched is the rhetoric change. And instead of actually explaining what has happened in the Bible, we, we instead have started to focus on the overarching or overall narrative of scripture. And so what we, we basically sum the entire old Testament up the new Testament up and then the whole Bible up in like one sentence. And there's nothing necessarily like inherently wrong with that on its own, right? Like there's nothing wrong with me saying that the Old Testament, uh, this is actually, so Ty said it this way. The Old Testament is a promise made and the New Testament is a promise kept. The Old Testament that Jesus that is the promise that God is going to come and save humanity. The New Testament is Jesus keeping that promise and as well as in through Revelation and the second coming, looking at, you know, keeping all of God's promises. So, right, there's nothing wrong with that. The, the problem that I've watched happen is I've watched pastors refuse to dive into the so-called dirty texts of scriptures, the inappropriate texts of scriptures, the difficult text 
of the Bible in an effort to basically reduce the Bible into something holistically positive without and, and just kind of like pulling the wool over our eyes or, or, or putting a veil over the dirty stuff, kind of sweeping it under the rug so we don't notice it and we just look at the rug instead, right? So yeah, yeah, the, the Old Testament is, is a promise made and the New Testament is a promise kept. And I'm only using that because that's the only statement on my he- in my head right now. But, um, you know, and then you start talking about like Judges 19 where a man like chops, uh, a man's daughter is chopped up into many different pieces after she is raped. Right. Uh, You've got all these difficult chapters, all these difficult stories in the Bible that we have now stopped talking about because we've simplified that. Right. We've just boiled it all down into, yeah, the Old Testament's good and the New Testament's good and it's all good and we're all happy. It's reductionist. And I actually think it's hurting our own witness because we're not actually dealing with the questions that people have as a result. Um, I don't know. Like, so I tried to introduce that in as best as I could, Tony. I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on that specifically. No. Oh, okay. Great. Perfect. All right. Um, Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find us on (laughs) Stitcher or any podcast, any podcatching app, any podcatching app. Um, I think, I think that's a good point. I think, Sometimes we tend to get a bit reductionist. Um, I think this is something that has slowly made its way into the Adventist narrative. I think traditionally this is much more common outside of the Adventist circles. Um, I I would say sometimes, to me, I kind of, I think sometimes we lose the trees for the forest. And I would agree with that, especially I've seen it more along the lines of trying to get to Daniel and make Daniel and revelation kind of make sense. Does that make sense? Like in a proof texting way, we're trying to make a specific text work. And so we ignore the, the greater part. Um, because we're like, death see here are all the things that agree with what i'm saying and then we don't look at those hard ones um i think the other thing is i i see this a lot when it comes to culture um you know uh, our professor at southern made a really good point one of our professors he was teaching class and he goes you know the entire old testament was read through the laws were read through so kids three four five six year old girls knew that when they were raped or touched inappropriately, they knew that there was justice for them because they read through the law. They heard the law of Moses. They knew that they were protected. Um, Did that lead to difficult conversations? Probably. Did parents have to explain what? Yeah, probably. But they knew these difficult things and and they heard them and thought about them and studied them and passed them down. And they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah when they're doing it the right way. And so to me, I think that we, we do ourselves in the Bible a disservice by not being able to focus on the trees and the difficult texts. Um, I, I always try to do this. I don't use the Bible to prove my point. I use my point to prove the Bible. If that makes sense. 
Um, I would elaborate. So I don't like trying to, if, if, okay. So uh, when I'm crafting a sermon, um, I don't like to have a cultural or theological statement that, pardon me, I've already had or made in my head and then go find Bible texts that fit it. To me, that's not what it's about. To me, I go to the Bible and I say, what do you want me to say? And I discover from the Bible what it has. And then I go and read and see, are there other things that match what's happening here? Um, and to, it, it, it flips that script. So in other words, I don't go looking for a specific tree in the forest and then see if there are any other trees in the, in the forest that match that. I, I just go walking through the forest and, and you know what I mean? Like, I don't say, yeah. I, I don't come up with my hypothesis and then try to prove it. I go, all right, what is this? What does the scripture have to say to me? What does it have to say about this? What does it have to say about that? And then I go and find it, whether or not it agrees with what I'm trying to say. And I think that's where it can become really bad and reductionist because there are a lot of questions that we have. And if we just kind of, I do think sometimes you have to boil it down and be like, look, God is love, but we don't understand what that means. So he had to break it down for us. So I think it's okay to be like, there are grander themes. Yeah, th- no, 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 no. It's totally. But, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's fine to. It's totally fine to boil down the narrative of scripture into a simple sentence. That's fine. It's not fine to use that to hide from actually exactly. having to deal with the harsh realities of the old Testament and new Testament world. Right. And that's, and that to me is, is the big point. And I see that in a lot of arguments. Um, I see that in a lot of, not in a lot. I, I see that a lot of times when it comes to culture, when I want to prove my cultural understanding of the Bible, um, we just avoid like, like, I, I don't know. And it, so we were we were coming in with themes for the Vespers today, for our Vespers going forward next next semester when we all come back, and uh, it kind of it was a funny moment, and it kind of goes with what we're saying. One of the one of the leaders here, he's like, "Let's talk about sex," and he meant to do it to make us all go, "Huh?" And we're like, "Okay, yeah," but the reason why he said it in that way is because we have been conditioned to think that sex or any of these things that are taboo, um aren't spiritual things or it's a, we have to kind of giggle or laugh or do, you know, like the Bible is very clear about a lot of these stories. Um, and if we actually read it the way we're supposed to, we can answer a lot of those problems. We can, we can, I think to me, find a deeper, not deeper meaning. Cause that sounds like we can, we can really discover good, better lessons for our lives. That's a, that's a better way to put it. Deep lessons for our lives that we would normally miss out on because we're so busy saying like, Oh no, 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 this is how God meant that. Instead of saying, did you actually mean that? Like, what is this actually trying to say? I, I do think that we started doing this out of a good thing, right? So you, you described it as we're missing the, we're missing the trees for the forest. And I think it's because we started because people were missing the forest for the trees Right, so people were asking questions, and um, they were getting so hung up on the questions they forgot what the overall story of Scripture is trying to tell. What what story Scripture is trying to tell, 
And, and so I get it from that perspective, right? Like, I think it started with good intentions. But I think what's happened now is now we're using that overarching narrative of Scripture to, try to, to prevent yeah. people from answering questions, to silence their questions. And, and to me, you can't do that. Like, every book in the Bible is a complex... It's, it, it, it's a complex piece of work. You cannot boil it down. You can get a kind of sort of, this is the basic, what he's trying to say. This is the main point, but there are a ton of little side lessons. You know what I mean? Like I can yeah, kind of it. basically describe to you what, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to pick a video game or a, um, what Fallout 4 is about, right? It's this dude in a post-apocalyptic world looking for his son or a girl looking for their son. Um, you know, there's this chick or this dude running around Boston trying to look for their son, but you lose so much of the narrative. Like there's so many other things that I could tell you or, you know, Borderlands or, um, you know, Batman or, you know, like if I try to, to boil down Wonder Woman and be like, basically she's this. Yes, I'm, it's true, but not accurate. And I think that's a big phrase for me that I use when it comes to the Bible is I go a lot of times um, we milk down something that's, that could be deep and heavy and spiritual because we think either people aren't ready or we want to make a point or we're trying to hide a certain point or for whatever reason. Um, And we end up with something that is true, but not accurate, right? Like it hit the target, but it's not close to the center. And we want to get as accurate, true and as accurate as possible. Um, so like when, when it comes to sin, I, this is a good example for me when it comes to stuff like sin, right? We can boil down what sin is, right? Yeah. And, and even then when you try to do that, people get to a, a true, not accurate statement, right? It's not a black and white, like sin is an incredibly complex concept, but you can't boil it down to anything that creates separation from God, anything that creates separation from God. Um, that is what sin is. But within that, there are so many complexities, right? That's why Jesus can come in and goes, yeah, okay, according to this very specific, these very specific laws, yeah, when you break these laws, yes. But even if you just think about it, right, like it's a deeper, it's, there's, a, there's deeper things there um, because if you are not aligned with God, you're, you're sinning, you're not connected to him. And so like that to me, I think you can only boil things down if you're willing to also then explore the complexity of it. Yeah, and well, I think, and, and, and when we avoid those hard questions, because here's the reality, when we avoid those hard questions, we change the entire religious, spiritual Christian experience from something that's supposed to be to something that's not. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. And by the way, to listeners, I may have accidentally sparked a question in your mind, which is, Maybe you stopped and looked up Judges 19. So I'm going to use that as kind of my my example. Yeah, good. This of is this a good start too. I don't I don't want to um, I don't want you to think that this episode is going to be us driving into all those dirty texts. But I want to give an example of what we, what we might do. I mean, we could. We could, but we'll do that in a different We're episode. Actually, I oh, think that'll be a good episode. Be, we can make it a, a Patreon episode. episode. Um, but so you've got this horrible story. If you read it, you know. It. If you didn't read it. Um, go read it. But yeah, a man's daughter is he I, I'm pretty sure he gives his daughter up to be raped, if I remember correctly. In Judges and 19? No, it, it's not. Yeah. 
I don't believe Judge is 19. I don't think that's the daughter. I think that's its concubine. Oh, uh, that's what it is. Okay. And, um, but yes. And afterwards she is, he's going to look it up for me. Cause I'm mis I'm misremembering it at the moment, but she's chopped up into well, it's, tiny it's, bits it's, it's at the, the end of the story. You're remembering the story. Yeah. I think it's just, it wasn't his daughter. I think it was his concubine. Yeah. So there's this horrible story in the middle of judges where people are like, okay, how do you explain this? Because this man that, that did this was a part of God's people. And it would be really easy for me to then take that question and go, well, let's look at the overarching narrative of scripture. You see, God is love, you know? Well, God is love doesn't answer that question at all. God is love is a distraction from what that text is actually ha- is, is saying. It's not a distraction, but it's kind of like a, it's like um, a decoy or something, a dummy, right? It's a dummy. We're looking at that instead of actually looking at what we need to look at. The theme of Judges is actually stated twice in the book of Judges, once at the beginning and once at the end. And it's everyone uh, in, in the time of the Judges, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So every story in Judges is meant to is meant to tell or demonstrate what happens when people do what's right in their own eyes. Now, but let me be clear on this. That does not mean that if you don't believe in God or you only do what's right in your own eyes, that you are also going to deliver someone up to be chopped up into tiny bits, right? Like that's not what that is trying to say. What it is trying to say is these are examples of some of the extremes that can happen when people abandon God and it's not or, or abandon God's plan for them or, or whatever, right? It's not meant to be the prescription for all men who abandon God. Certainly not all men will will do such heinous things, but it is an example of some of the wickedness that can that can occur. And I would argue that if a Christian occur, you know, if a Christian does that, then guess what? It's not their belief in God that drove them to do it. It's their separation from him that did instead. But so there's there's this moment where the entire point of Judges 19 is not that it would point you to Jesus, but it would rather it would point you to what happens when Jesus isn't present. Yeah. And, and, and I also want to go back to, because we're, we're doing the same thing, right? People want to boil down judges to that last verse, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes, right? And a lot of people want to use this in the argument of why you should, um, I, I don't want to say obey, but you should. Why postmodernism is bad. No, 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 no. Specifically within the GC. I've heard this a lot. Oh, yes. A lot of people want to quote this, and I go back to them, and I go, that's apples and oranges. You can't boil that down. What that verse is trying to say is that people weren't reading the scripture. They weren't listening to the prophets. They got, you can't boil that down to be like, see, you're not, you're doing what's right in your own eyes. And I go, no, 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 no. An individual, an individual interpretation of the Bible is different than me doing what's right in my own eyes. If the Bible says this is wrong, whether or not I interpret that, I'm reading the Bible. Yeah. Now I can decide the Bible doesn't work for me or whatever, but if I'm, if I'm trying to live according to the Bible, but I see it differently than you, that's a, that's not what that verse is trying to say. And that's a perfect example of exactly what you're saying. It's like, we take these complex narratives and we boil it down. So we don't have to deal with the reality that I could be wrong or that my view could be incorrect. And the reality is I I'm willing to put all of my beliefs on the table. I've already done it. You know, we talked about this in a in a Patreon episode about deconstruction and reconstruction. Um I've put all my beliefs on the table. And I've gone through them and I've taken the ones that I believe to be helpful and I've and I've discarded the ones that weren't helpful. And 
I had to do that because it was causing me. I was going to leave the church if I did not find out why I should stay in it. Yeah. And if the only reason I was in it were these very simple, very reductionist, immature milk like statements, then that's not a reason to stay because at the end of the day, if I believe the Bible, I have to stand before God almighty. I just swallowed my own. I just, I, ugh, that was gross. Um, I have to stand before God almighty and I have to answer for my decisions, good ones and the bad. And I can't point to anybody else and be like, well, but they told me that I can't do that. God's going to be like, well, you should have read it for yourself. Like, yeah. I put you in the church that interprets it for itself. Catholics can come up and go, well, my priest told me, and God goes, that's okay. Do you accept the truth now that you see it? I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I can, to a degree, argue my parents, but even then, my parents did a really good job of being like, you need to read this for your own. Like, so I can't do that. So I had to, and every one of us has to do that, right? Work out for yourselves with fear and trembling your own salvation. That's This is what he's talking about. He's not saying work for your own salvation. He's saying you need to work out why and how you you are a, a member of this family. Um, and if it was just for these reductionist statements, I didn't want to do it. And to me, I think that reductionism, that simplifying it to avoid these hard statements, it goes back to this idea that I think we've talked about kind of before, but I really want to harp on, which is why I'm a part of this church because I fell in love with a man, which is a really weird statement to say, but... <laughs> Um, I think we've said it before. I fell in love with Jesus Christ. That's why I'm here. I cannot boil down the life of Jesus Christ to a simple statement. He is one of, if not the most complex character to ever grace the pages of any book. And I will spend the rest of my life and probably the rest of eternity studying and trying to understand not only how he lived his life, but the motivations behind it and the, 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 the feelings for it and trying to model myself around that. Um, that's why I'm here. Not for this very simple statement of a promise answered and not that that's bad, but then I don't get into these hard statements. Like Jesus said, man, you know, is not, was not built for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was built for man. Yeah. Put away your own pleasures and all that, but you were meant to enjoy the Sabbath. If you're not, enjoying the Sabbath, you're not remembering it the way it's meant to be remembered. Yeah. Well, but we, we boil it down to these very simple things and we don't deal with the meat. I think you've got a really good point here. And I think this is a, a good chance for us to segue too, because ultimately the way that we as pastors, as leaders, and even just people on Twitter, right? Um, the way that we answer the hard questions of scripture determines whether or not we are drawing people closer to Jesus or away from him, right? The way that we answer these questions determines that. So if I take your sincere question about something difficult in scripture and I reduce it down to, oh, well, you know, you don't need to focus on that. Just remember that, you know, God is love. Then I'm not drawing you closer to Jesus. In fact, what I'm telling you the answer that I'm giving you is that Jesus does not care about or respect your intellect, and he doesn't want to answer the questions you have. Now, there is a middle ground I can choose, and I'm okay with this middle ground. I've had to claim it a lot in my life, is I don't know, but I'll try to find out. 
And there are moments where I've also had to say, I don't know, but I have faith that one day I will. Right. There, there I mean, are, I don't, I don't there think are, that's a middle but, ground. I mean, I think, I no, think no, that's, but, that's a statement no. of, I don't, I don't the know. Reason, like doing the reason best. it's a middle ground is because the, the, the best answer obviously is the answer that explains their question. Right. The best answer is the one that actually addresses and, and satisfies the, the, the question. Okay. All right. I'll that's buy that's that. what okay. I mean. Like from, yeah, from neutral, you know, bad, neutral, good. That's the order I went. Um, <laughs> bad being reductionist and insulting your intellect as a result. Neutral being, I don't know, but I'm going to find out or try to find out. And good being or best being, I give you an answer that satisfies your curiosity and your intellect and explains while also drawing you closer to Jesus. Now, there are times where the answer, it may satisfy and it may be exactly what you were looking, you know, it may be exactly what you were looking for, but that doesn't mean it's what you were hoping for. And it could mean that it does actually, you know, I don't think then the answer is what drew you from Christ. I think your own, um, you know, your own wrestling with that answer um, is, is then what would draw you to or from him. So if it's an answer you just can't accept, if it's an answer you don't like, things like that, then there's a problem. Because there is, there is something to be said on the person asking the question of their motives for asking it, and are they reading Scripture to change it or to be changed, right? And um, if, if a relationship with Christ is transformative, then there must be something to transform. And if we expect to read Scripture and agree with everything that's in it, I think then there's nothing to transform. We've already made it, right? Like, yeah, the Bible describes me perfectly because I'm already there. And that's not what Scripture does. Scripture calls you and challenges you and grows you and in many cases can hurt you but it doesn't harm you. It can cause pain because of the realities that you now understand or have, you know, your eyes are open to, but it's not meant to harm you and cause such damage that you aren't close to Christ. Yeah. It should always pull you closer. And I think that's the problem. I think with a lot of our churches too, is that our churches aren't drawing people like a good litmus test for your church or whatever you're involved in is, is this drawing people closer to Jesus? Um, you know, in my, in my Vespers group, this is something that I'm, I'm constantly battling because I love the fact that it's a very chill group. You know, we just meet in a house, you know, in my living room. Um, we got a big living room specifically so we could do something like this. And I love the fact that people want to come and socialize. I really do. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this is something that's supposed to draw people closer to Jesus. If we're not doing that, then we're not, succeeding yeah yes i we don't have to do it overtly like we don't have to like every single time mention jesus but i want to make sure that we have intentionality of making sure that people know like this is we give people a chance to dive into the scriptures and get closer to jesus and spend time with him are we drawing people closer to jesus are the things that we're doing drawing people closer to jesus um you know to me i think that's the that's the biggest issue i have with those reductionist answers because those tough questions are there for a reason and it's there to draw us closer to God. In my personal opinion, they drew me closer in my personal experience. Um, I don't think God is afraid of our questions. And I think the more we question, because here's the thing, this is what's funny. If we spend time arguing with God, 
who are we spending time with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like God wins, even if we're sitting there fighting with him, because the best place we can be when we're fighting with him. Yeah. I was talking about, you know, one of the things that, that I really wanted, you know, I do personally, you know, in, in, in my romantic relationships is when I fight or even just friendships, when I fight, I, I draw close to the person that I care about, even if they're the one that I'm fighting with. And yeah, we might take space away from each other later on, but at, in the fight, I want to be close to the person. Like you're the one I love. So you're the person that I want to resolve this horrible thing that has happened to me or this horrible thing that I've done with. Like we're going to do this together because you're the person that I want to resolve fights with, even if you're the one I'm fighting with. And to me, that's with God. Like God is the one that I want to answer the hard questions or discover those, the hard answers with. Like if I'm trying to do that on my own, or if I'm trying to do that apart from him, I'm not going to come up with a satisfactory answer. And I'm going to boil it down to something that isn't, is, it might be true, but it isn't accurate. And it doesn't, it doesn't reveal the, 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 the depth and the breadth that it could be. Well, I think there's, there's another aspect to this too, and you're hinting at it, right? And it's that this is a long game. Yeah. It's not a short game. Yeah. And a lot of us are looking for answers immediately and we're not getting them. And so we get frustrated and then we walk away or we get the answer. We don't like it. And we walk away I mean, because I, we're expecting to be immediately satisfied by the answer. Right. I can't explain the Trinity. Like people come up and are like, well, explain the Trinity. I'm like, oh, I can't. Like I have, I can argue against like Jehovah's Witnesses who come up and say like, oh, the Trinity is a, uh, uh, it's a, um, secular thing. It's a pagan thing. And I'm like, oh no, you're wrong. Historically, like I can show you from the Bible that the Trinity exists in the manner that we believe it does, but I can't explain that. Like if a scientist yeah. comes up and is like, explain three people in one, I'm like, I have no clue. It's a mystery. Yeah. And I think that there is something to be said about the mystery of God, the the mysticism of God. Um, he's a mystical being. Like you know what I mean? Like in every sense of that word, like he's this great big wizard in the sky that poofs with magic powers. Like he has that. He is to a degree Gandalf. Um, and, but I think we also can know him in the way that he does reveal himself. And when we, I don't know, like to try to strip away all of that mysticism and all of that, that, you know, just that, that mystery away from him right away is not only impossible, but like the universe is expanding, which means that God is expanding. Yeah. Like that's a crazy thought to me. Like I can't, ex and that's something else I can't explain. Like how does God know everything and continues to grow? Yeah. Like he grows and knows and grows. and knows. It's like insane. And, but it's there and I can't explain it. But I also know that, all right, this, is, this isn't something that I have to take on faith and just beg credulity for. <laughs> um, but it's also something that I, sometimes it's good to stop and chew, right? Like sometimes yeah. in my devotions, I, I, it takes me three or four days to get through sometimes even one verse. Norm, that's very rare. Normally it's a section or a chapter, but sometimes I have to just keep going back to it. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not done chewing on this. I'm not yeah, done chewing there, on this. But there is now I, I will be fair here to the critics 
that that talk about us not having an answer for some questions, difficult questions, right? Which is this is this is the criticism. Okay, I get it. You're 25, 26. I get that you don't have all the answers. But also Christianity's been studying this stuff for 2000 years. You'd think we'd, you know, for some of this stuff you'd think we'd 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 have an answer by now. And I think that's like to some extent I think that's a fair criticism that's, that's of fair. Yeah. like I and I don't really have a response to that in other than that I do think that to the the questions that are vital for salvation God has provided several answers for. In other words, how the Trinity operates right or how the you know being able to explain the trinity is not necessary for you to be saved yeah and for god to do his work um of redemption and, and some of these more out there their their questions i i don't think are necessary are necessary now if they are necessary for you specifically that's different yeah. right i think that's yeah. a subjective thing and i'm not trying to discount or discourage anyone from asking questions I'm just saying I think God has provided satisfactory answers for the main questions or the big questions we need. But I think also we also forget that history isn't static. Like we think that history is just this kind of straight line. They're like, oh, Christianity is, you know, been this it's, it's been around for, you know, 2,000 years. You should have answers to some of the stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but society has changed so crazy, radically huge in the last 2,000 years, so many different times that – They've, we've been answering different questions for different things at different times the entire time. Like okay. for, for the ancient, you know, the Hebrew mind under, you know, God is love and God is justice and vengeance. That's something that they could accept. Like they'd be like, yeah, he killed the Amalekites and he loves us. Like, I don't understand what's the problem because they don't see that like dichotomy of God can be loving and a hundred percent loving and God can be a hundred percent vengeful. Like, a, you know, like he can, he can be that. And so they accepted that versus now we're like, what? You can either be loving or vengeful. Like you can't, you have to be one or the other. And like, that's something that they would have just accepted. So like, they'd be looking at us like, what are you not like, what are you stupid? But then they would have questions of things that we would just accept, you know, mm. like how yeah. can man fly? How can, you know, how can you measure the oceans? Well, we have measured the oceans. Like we've measured them. We, we know approximately how much and, and we can measure that out. Um, so there's, we've lost a little bit of that mystery. Um, so those are questions that they would have that we could answer through science, but that we would be like, oh, stupid ancient people. But then they would have some things that they'd be like, yeah, duh. And, and we asked that. So I think in the same vein, yeah, I agree. We should have better answers on stuff. I mean, there's also the history of theology that, that we've been reading the Bible wrong for the majority of the Christian church. Um, are you church history? Church history, historically, yeah. we've been reading yeah, it wrong. Yeah, that's why the, the whole Reformation and good stuff. Um, <clears throat> but to me, I think also, so beyond even that, it's like because society keeps changing so much, we start asking different questions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's some basic human questions, but I think for a millennial, I mean, just think about the different questions that our great grandparents had and would need answers for. And our younger siblings or younger cousins or, you know what I mean, the kids that that we knew in middle school when we were graduating high school. Think about the questions they're asking now as they're now graduating high school and going to college or whatever. Like, think about that. Think about the difference in the questions they would have. Like, yeah. radically different. But you're going to tell me that we should have everything figured out just because it's been around 2008? Well, no, because some things... I think we already had answers for. 
and we just assume, and we're like, yeah, everyone knows this. Like the Bible even does stuff like that. Like in the ancient times, they'll be like, yeah, they built the cities of uh, Pithom and Ramses, and Pithom and Ramses couldn't exist at the time that they wrote that, or or that they were talking about. Like they could not have built those cities because those cities came much much later. Except they're like, no, 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 no. Like they built, they built Boston, but not Boston, Boston. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, but people would have known that back then to be like, oh yeah, you know, like the ancients said, yeah, no, we know that. Cause they built on top of those ancient cities. Like we know those ancient ruins. And so those are the things that I think are assumed. And that's why we have to keep studying. And yeah. again, I go back to, that's why it's so dangerous to reduce everything. Cause you, again, you miss out on so much well, because so much has changed. Can I give you uh, there's, this is a two parter of what I'm about to say. Let me give you an example of a question I actually just had answered for me. It's a question I've had for years, but I never actually took the time to dive into it. And it has to do with Genesis 3, when God is doling out punishment to uh-huh. Adam, Eve, and the serpent. Uh-huh. And, he's, and, and, and he specifically tells, tells women, uh, women, man shall rule over you. And that, that text, that one text has been used as one of the examples for male headship theology. It's been used as an example, basically... Uh, to say that men are, see, God gave men authority. Women's punishment here was that they would always have to be um, submissive to man. And I'd always wondered, like, how do we actually explain that in a world where we believe that women are, you know, in a, in a world where we believe that women are equal and against the greater narrative of Scripture that does try to paint women equally? In, in, many, in many ways, the Bible was socially progressive in its time regarding the treatment of women. So... Many ways, not always. All right. And remember, this is the time that we're trying to dive into dirty text. So you can write me after it, right? So I always wondered this. Or, or me. Ty, It'll, they'll yeah, write yeah. me. It'll be, yeah, yeah they, they'll write you. Uh, you can write Tony uh, and you can send him <laughs> letters at, no. Um, Ty Gibson actually answered this question for me Friday night without even realizing it. He was preaching and he brought up Genesis 3. He, he brought up that verse where it says, men, men shall rule over you. Man, man shall rule over woman. And he actually used it instead of a... He interpreted it instead of being a authoritative prescription. Instead, he framed it as a prophetic reality. And what he actually did was then he showed statistically throughout history how man has subjugated woman. Like one of the stats that he he mentioned was that in the nineteenth in the twentieth century, uh, no no I'm sorry, more women have died in the last fifty years for no other reason than just being a woman. More girls have died for just being girls in the 20, uh, than all men in all the wars of the 20th century. More girls have died in the last 50 years than all men in all wars in the 20th century. Yeah, but look one, at how they two, were dressed, Ryan. I know, I know, right? He talks about uh, general, he talked about gender mutilation. He talked about, um, you know, women's role in the household. Yeah. In other words, he framed Genesis 3 as God telling telling woman, no, this is, I'm not telling you that you have to be submissive to man. I'm saying what's going to happen now is that man is going to rule over you. Yeah. This is a prophetic reality. It is not a just one, but it is a prophetic reality. Well, and, 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 and the, everything else in that to, to, to continue on with that before you get your second point, everything else in that is that way, right? He didn't say, all right, well now you have to work, right? Adam, this is a punishment. He's like, well, now you're going to have to work. Yes, it's a prophetic reality. Like, um, and, and that satisfied child, it a child lot birth, more. Childbirth, it's going to suck now. 
before yeah. it was going to be just floating on a cloud and boop, the baby's out. Now it's going to hurt. So yep. yeah. now because of sin, women, you're going to see the prideful reality of being a man, uh, the sinful and prideful reality of being a man. And that man is going to exert power over you um, throughout all of history. Which and that's not did. okay. And it's not a good thing. And that's why we see socially progressive things happen. And we see equality in Jesus. Um, and, and that being that transcend that transcendent culture, heavenly of, culture, of yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay, but now to that point, and 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 adding on to that point, right? So that was it. That was a question that got answered, but it's one that I wasn't really actively seeking the answer for. Like I wasn't actively reading books about it. I wasn't trying to dig for an answer. I was just waiting for it to come. One of the things that I think we've done is we've stopped trying to let people have their journeys, and I think we do this the most egregiously in youth ministry. Um, what we try to do, right? Being a kid is all about exploring, learning, taking things and kids. That's why like three-year-olds and and two-year-olds are so touchy, right? They want to touch everything. They want to know how it feels. Is this hot mom? Uh, Yes, it's hot. Don't touch that. They touch it anyways. They go, mom, why didn't you tell me it was hot? Um, there are, that sounds like a personal story, right? It does. It is very personal. Uh, there are all these times that a kid tries to explore and discover, And then we sit them in Sabbath school or Sunday school. We sit them in a classroom and we tell them the answers to life. And we try to start these kids off at the finish line. We try to start kids off when they turn 18 and they're already at the finish line. And and we try to answer all their questions immediately. And so instead of teaching them how to run the race, we try to complete it for them. And we take away or we try to take away their opportunity for discovery. And what happens is the finish line that we've created for them is not one that is actually suitable for the race they're about to run. It's like a fake finish line. Yeah. And then they, re- they, they, they pass that finish line, think they're done with the race. Their life shows up and they go, oh, wait, there's more race to run. But I thought I was done. I thought I had all the answers. Oh, that finish line wasn't far enough. These answers weren't good enough. And now I have to run all this on my own. I didn't train enough for this. I don't know how to run. Someone just picked me up and carried me here. I don't know how to run. I don't know how to work. I don't know how to do this because I wasn't given the tools for discovery. I was just trying. I was just given an answer key and it was a, it was a failure of an answer key. That's the kind of thing that I've, um, that I watch us do is we take people's journeys away from them in pursuit of these answers. To me, I think that's why I don't think, there's a, I don't think it's neutral to say, I don't know. To me, actually, that's the best answer. Um, I don't give people biblical answers anymore, unless for a time reason they need it. Like right now, right now, right now, like, what does this Bible say? I have five minutes. Um, or what is this? What does this mean? Um, can you explain Romans nine? I have five minutes. Yeah. So I can, but that's not the point. You, you, oh no, you weren't. It was Steve. Sorry. Yeah. I took a new Testament class with Steve and I literally had 45 seconds to explain like the end of Romans eight with like the higher. And I literally just looked at the clock. It was Reynolds. I looked at the clock. I looked at Reynolds and I just did it. Just boom, 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 boom. He just started (laughs) shaking his head and just clapped. (laughs) 45 seconds. Nailed it. Anyway. um, I don't give that anymore. Like, well, let's see what the Bible says. That's my pet answer. Now it's like, well, Let's see what the Bible says. Now, I know what the Bible says, but I want, I, like to me, when we just give answers, and I get what you were saying, is that I've already studied and have those answers, and that's the best way. But to me, I think a lot of times we do think the best answer is, oh, well, I've already studied, so I'm going to, and we, and we take, we cut their legs out from under them, right? 
because we don't let them experience. Now go back to what I said before. We don't let them experience that love journey with Jesus Christ. We, we don't let people fall in love with Jesus Christ because we're like, here's how I fell in love with Jesus Christ. Do these same things or not even do these same things, but like, see, is me awesome. Be in love. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't go, like, it would be ridiculous for me to be, to say to you, Ryan, Hey, this is my, uh, girlfriend. Um, we went on dates together and describe the dates and do all that stuff and be like, don't you just love her? I was literally thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. I was thinking wife, uh, my word, we are, this yeah. is creepy. Yeah. Right. Like, like what, like, dude, isn't it one of like, I can kind of do that, but I can't actually fall in love with them until, or I can't even love them for like, as on your behalf, because I haven't bonded with them. I don't. Like, I'm I, I only don't seeing it from in, your perspective. I don't fall in love with your savior. I fall in love with my savior. Exactly. I don't and, fall in love with your girlfriend. So, I fall in love with my girlfriend. And so, I mean, that's that's why I go back to it. like our church is actually causing people to fall in love. Are the are the decisions that we're making as a church right now causing people to fall in love with Jesus? Yeah. And let me ask, let me, let me even personalize this to those who are listening and to you and me, what are we doing to help people yeah. fall in no, love with Jesus? Real. Like, like to me right now on this podcast, like I want these things, I want the things we're saying. I know that we come across as harsh and everything, but I do this because I want you guys to have that same experience of falling in love. Like, that's why I talk about these things. That's why we say like, don't boil it down. If someone's ever boiled it down, read for yourself. Like dive in, dig, find those answers because you have to have your journey. Like to me, that's why I don't answer. I don't give answers anymore. Like I, I really, I, I really live by that, you know, teach them, teach a youth to fish and they will, you know, they and, will, yeah, they'll eat for the rest of their lives or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Something about creating a corporation. It's a Bubba Gump shrimp reference. Yeah. So, well, and this is like this is one of those things where yes, we criticize heavily on this podcast. Even the things we agree with, we just we no, we, we don't criticize heavily. Shut up, uh, Ryan. Like, I I agree with Tony all the time, and I criticize him endlessly. But this is what I honestly what I see absurdity doing, and th th like this is hands down what I what I am trying to do on this podcast is preserve people's love for Jesus. And there are, and, and, and this is, this is through conversation, through addressing these things and by giving voice against some, some of the injustices that happen, uh, by talking about some of the injustices that happen in a way that, you know, other people may not be doing or just doing it in general because no one else is doing it and it's annoying and it's frustrating. And I know that one of the things that drives people out of the church is the church's unwillingness to dive into these issues. So I, dive in. questions. Yeah. so I dive in. So I dive in, and I and and I express the viewpoints yeah. and the 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 inner feelings that a lot of people have. I've had a lot of people say, "I, I listen to your podcast," and I I catch myself shouting, "Amen, thank you," uh, on on many episodes. That's the point: is there's someone far off who's losing that faith, who's losing grip yeah. on on their spirituality. They hear this and they go. Oh man, someone feels similarly and they're in this and they're fully committed. I can be too. Yeah. Right? Like oh, exactly. that's, 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 that's what I'm trying to do here is preserve yeah. the love for Jesus through honest conversation and through just being me and, and you being you. And I love it. I love every yeah. single second of it. Absolutely. There are a couple of seconds that are annoying. Well, mostly, every, every, mostly in the prep, mostly in the setup. Well, to that try, and to try you know, to figure I, out which which <laughs> are we going to Skype? Are we going to Google Hangout? I don't. 
Well, I just, you know, I just hate every second that Tony Anobly has been on this podcast, you know, junior, that's junior, Tony yeah. Anobly junior. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, I hate, I hate every second that your dad's been on this podcast too. Hate all of those. You know why I hate them? Cause they, because it yeah, it doesn't they don't exist. exist. Yeah. They don't I've exist. I've tried, I've tried to get them on so many times and it's like whenever we're, have in you the, really? Yeah. No, whenever we're in the same vicinity, I either don't have my recording equipment or you've been busy. Dude, I'm going to mail you a new... I love that we're talking about this on the podcast, but I'm going to mail yeah. you... I got a new audio interface this week, so I'm going to mail you one that has two ports on it. Well, and then, and then like, after... We're going to up your game. Yeah, we got to up it. We gotta up we're going to up your, uh, your, uh, your, your equipment game. But um, now that we've completely derailed this... Uh, <laughs> that was a good segue, honestly. I that, feel like that was I, a good I, place to end it. No, that being look, said... Uh, yeah. No, I, that, I really feel like, to me it's so important for us to answer some of those big questions. And honestly, I think what I want to kind of get back to in kind of our next few episodes is start talking about some of those deep things. I mean, maybe not from scripture, but some of those like deeper things of like, all right, let's talk about why we don't deal with this and, and um, the absurdity of why we don't either talk about it or deal with it. I have a crazy experience. I got to tell you about, uh, you know, Thanksgiving break where it was just like, yeah, you know, this is an absurdity moment. <laughs> so yeah. it, it really is where, we want people to continue to fall in love with Jesus. And you can't do that if you simplify the Bible and reduce it down to something that it isn't. Because you're not gonna get you're not gonna really understand who Jesus is if you do that. You have to accept it in all of its ugliness and all of its difficulty and all of its unanswered questions. And you have to dive in and just be like, God, I'm gonna trust that you're gonna answer some of this. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And or, or all of this, but some of it right now. If you've ever wondered why this is called absurdity. Just think of any time you were so outraged at something and you thought, this is absurd that this is a happening right now. That's why it's called absurdity. You're welcome. Like, it's very true. And I, I agree with you. I do want to take, maybe we can do something, you know, we'll explore some formats here. Maybe we'll take like one big chapter of scripture that's difficult and we'll talk and then, you know, and we'll yeah. also do, you know, a life issue as well or something like that. But we'll, do a, uh, yeah, we'll, a we'll have some, yeah, we'll do a series on this coming upcoming soon. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for being on this journey with us. This has been a journey. I've learned a ton. Tony's learning a ton. Um, our guests are learning a ton and are teaching us a ton. This has just been an absolute uh, joy and honor and privilege to do and be a part of. Um, I, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for listening, Tony. I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. And um, yeah, that's it, Tony. Final thoughts before I give us the outro. Or is that, it? or did you already give us your phone? You leaned forward I, like you were going to say something. I second that thought. Okay, perfect. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you uh, if you want, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcatching app. Uh, all of our contact information is down in the episode show notes and episode description. So you can reach out to us in any way, shape, or form you want. All negative letters go to Tony. All positive letters go to me. <laughs> so just so you know. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. Take care and we'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.